Hello, Two Principles podcast listeners. We are so grateful for all your support and appreciate you checking in with us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate review our podcast. You can also follow us on all of our social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at Two Principles. Check us out on the web at twoprinciples.com. We're so grateful for our Two Principles podcast partners, HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness. As a team of experienced licensed psychologists, clinical therapists, medical professionals, and mind-body practitioners, HealthWise offers a wide range of mental health services for individuals of all ages. HealthWise is grounded in a philosophy that considers the whole person. Green Boy Brand. We want to thank Green Boy Brand for helping us design our two principles artwork and logo. They can help you customize your brand. If you're looking for an artwork designer logo or some cool merch, check them out at greenboybrand.com. Welcome to the Two Principles Podcast, where we help you get out of your head and into your heart. The Two Principles Podcast, life and leadership talk inside and out. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. Hey, I'm Paul Wazeka, and I'm hanging out with the Two Principles. Hey, I got to ask you, I like to ask, I like to ask a lot of our guests about caffeination are you a, are you a caffeinated person i am absolutely a caffeinated person uh usually in a given year i have a two-week reprieve when i feel like i'm addicted to coffee <laughs> and uh, the, i need 60 ounce just to hit that same effect uh but i am typically about a uh 24 to 32 ounce uh a day coffee drinker do love you, it do you make it yourself Oh, good question. I do make it myself, yeah. and if I can, I'll roast the yes. uh, roast or whatever uh, buy roasted beans and mm, then grind, grind it. Them, yeah. It is on my bucket list to actually get a roaster and make yeah. my garage smell glorious. Oh, I, yeah, good idea. Are you? Do you put any uh, uh, things into your coffee flavorings? Anything uh, like I was, that? I was anti cream for the yeah. longest time, and finally, uh, I found. Certain creams uh, that I'm like, this is pretty tasty. So typically it's black, but uh, mm. on the occasional Saturday, uh, I'll rock a vanilla yeah. caramel or something oh, like that. For yep. sure. How many cups? So what time are you done by? What time are you what time are you done putting the coffee in your body by? So one thing I'm trying to get better at is making sure I'm having water before coffee. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll try to down 18 to 24 ounces by the time I get that first cup in, because um, otherwise. Um, I run dehydrated uh, if I don't do that. So I got to make sure to build that habit. And I have less coffee when I do that. Um, so essentially, uh, I'm done by uh, I'm done by 830. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it, it's done and over with by then. And then there's no like monsters or anything like that coming in? I have never had a monster in my life and yeah. I don't want to try. Yeah, that's uh, probably good. True, true confessions right here. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you a secret. I had a Mountain Dew just because I want to make sure I'm ready to go. I don't have Mountain Dew. Uh, oh, wow. I do, I, so, hey, this is not going to be a secret. Break it, yeah, yeah, break, yeah, breaking news. You had a Mountain Dew before you came here? Hey, the, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to sleep until about 2 o'clock. And after, I never do this. But hey, I want to make sure I'm alert and Good ready for the for two principles. You. That's awesome. That's no awesome. grogginess. No, all right. Hey, Kevin, are you ready to go? I there? am ready. Let's, all right. let's raise that frequency today. Well, let's, let's go. go. Let's go spread some good out into that podcast universe. Hello and welcome to today's show. As always, super excited to be here today. 
my friend and co-host Kevin. We are excited to have the one and only Mr. Paul Werzeka in the HealthWise Yoga and Wellness Studio today. I'm Jason Paris. And I'm Kevin Jost. And we are the Two Principles, the Two Principles podcast, where we put the focus on leadership, work-life balance, stress management, and mental health. Our goal is to equip everyday leaders with practical tools to maintain their overall health and live out a more balanced and fulfilling life. Hey, if this is your first time tuning in to the 2P pod, we appreciate you checking us out. There are so many amazing podcasts out there. Thanks for tuning in today as we continue on this journey towards a healthier and happier you, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. Hey, as always, every episode, we will stay true to the two principles purpose. We will consider the impact of our words and actions. We will be in the moment. We will stay present. We're going to give it our best today. And of course, we're always going to try to have a little bit of fun. We are going to have a lot of fun because I know you and I both know Mr. Paul. Yes, Zeka we do. I've got some good, I got a couple stories I oh, want to share. You too. I got stuff I want to <laughs> pull out of the bag too, I think. But maybe he's going to, but you never know though what he's going to come back at I us know, with. So we got to be That's careful. Fine. That's fine. Hey, mailbag time though. Really quick check in. Um, just continually, people uh, have reached out just asking about uh, the two principles, life and leadership newsletter. Can you tell yeah. folks where to find that, where to get that? How often are we putting it out? Does it cost any money? Yeah, yeah. So again, we are we're trying something new. We've only put out, I don't know, four maybe. Mm-hmm. Um and it's they go out on Sundays. If you are interested in getting a little bit of uh, you know, tidbit information about the subjects that we talk about, all you got to do is just go to our website Right there on the homepage, uh, right at the bottom, you can sign up for the newsletter. Uh, it doesn't cost anything. Um, and and every Sunday at noon, you, we kick out a newsletter with, with some information, some um, anecdotal stuff from us, and then uh, some other, you know, content, maybe an article, a video, um, just trying to trying to keep things relevant and trying to give people good content to uh, um, go through. And so... Yeah, we would love we would love to uh, add you to our mailing list. How and do they so, do that? So if I want to be, yep. if I want to get a twoprinciples.com, twoprinciples.com, head out there, go to the bottom of the homepage, and there is a, uh, a real quick link that you just you just put in your name and your email, and you're done. That's it. One of the things that I had somebody reach out to me, they like the uh, we always put out the weekly challenge. Mm, yeah, you know because it's a topic. It's a topic that's important to us. We believe it's you know, good to, uh, you know, help us out as leaders and it's a challenge. So I do, I do uh, appreciate that. So yeah, twoprinciples.com, go to hey. the bottom, subscribe. Are you subscribed? I am subscribed. Yes, I, uh, I don't know if I got the first one in, uh, but I'm, I'm an early subscriber here and uh, uh, I'm just going to put my plug. Yeah. Uh, I love getting a chance. Uh, it's a quick read. Uh, and every time I walk away with one little nugget and for all those leaders out there, uh, there's some great stuff that uh, you can absolutely steal, beg, borrow, yes. whatever you want uh, to give to the people you lead. Um, so just another plug uh, from somebody who's uh, receiving it. Uh, well worth your time. Perfect. And, and, I, and that's what Thanks. I would say is take the stuff out of there. Use it within your school, your building, whatever you want to use it because we're we like to put that stuff out there, and hopefully it's helping others. And Mr. Wazek, I love that you are subscribing and checking that out. Hey, uh, before we get started here, Paul, we always ask our guests, do you have any questions for the two principals? Oh, I got, I, I, I've, been, <laughs> I've been working. Because I, 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 like I say, I'm not your number one. I'm not your first fan. I'm not your last. 
but I'm your number one. Uh, so, <laughs> so I got a couple random ones because, yeah. as you know, I like to ask questions. Yes, um, you do. All right, leadership in general. Mm-hmm. If you think of the m- traditional members of a rock band, you got a percussionist, you got bass oh. guitar, you got lead guitar, and you got lead vocals. Mm-hmm. All right, what uh, of those? Different categories would best embody leadership to you. Ooh, you I know I, I know my answer right go away. Ahead, go shoot it. It's the drummer. Why? Because if you don't have rhythm, you got nothing. They're, they're the one. They're the one keeping the beat. They're the one. They're the they're the 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 heartbeat of the 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 machine, so to speak. So um, so for me, I think there's a rhythm to leadership. I think there's a a a a cadence uh, uh, that that you kind of create and you go through throughout the year. And I think people feed off of that. So I think for me, it's the drummer because they're, they're keeping the rhythm, they're keeping the beat, and they're keeping everybody um, kind of on point. Hmm. I'm going with uh, a lead guitarist. And why I say the lead guitarist, because I believe the lead guitarist is one who can set a pretty awesome jam and get people fired up and i'm thinking when i'm thinking about this i'm thinking of slash from guns and roses man he can really jam on the guitar and get people fired up but he's also not the main person right he's letting others around him also do some of the great the great things out there as a leader um and so it's kind of more he he's serving the people i Uh, think when i think of a lead guitarist they're serving the people that's, that's, good, what I, that's what I'm thinking of. That's so, a good question, Paul. Yeah, I like yeah, yeah. that. Uh, all right. You ready for number number two? <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, okay. all right. All right, here, we go. here we go. Uh, if Two Principles Podcast were to have a mascot, <laughs> what what general oh my variety are we going to go with? What are, oh, my gosh. I don't know. Um, by oh, the way, look. for all the listeners, there's a moment of uh, absolute uncertainty that just washed over both their <laughs> yeah. faces. Just calling it what it is. Uh, what do you think? I, well, you know, you are we think thinking the birds? Are we thinking, thinking mammals? What like are we dogs? I'm thinking like uh, mm. we like dogs, right? But maybe making yeah. it like a like a you know not like a super pissed mm. off dog, but a dog that. You know, if it has to get nasty, it's gonna get nasty, and if it's gonna have to play nice, it's gonna play nice. How about a? How about a? How about an English bulldog? There we go. All Perfect. Right. All right. How about an English bulldog? They're just kind of unassuming a little bit. Got a cute face. I love it. Uh, yeah. Not threatening. Yeah. That would be that would be our mascot. There we go. English uh, bulldog. I got one more. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then I'm done. Okay. Promise. Uh, We're gonna show hundredth episode. <laughs> I can't wait for the hundredth episode. Uh, has there been talks about what you're doing for the hundredth episode? Not specifically. I mean, we've joked around about you know. Oh gosh. Be pretty cool if we make it to a hundred, but nothing specific. One yeah. of the things that I've thought about is going out to like a, a a restaurant or a local establishment, and anybody that's been on the show, any fans, any guests, anything like that, invite them out, and then uh, Kevin will pay for the first round. Of <laughs> that's amazing. I, <laughs> so I, I like that's funny because he never mentioned this to me before. <laughs> so I, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, listeners yeah. out there, I will let you know where it's going to be, uh, and Kevin will pick up the first round of drinks. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll be done with my questions. All right, so those Paul, are good. As we, as you know, we formally introduce you. We like to ask our guests, "What's their walk-up song?" So I am absolutely astounded that this song has not been picked. I listen to most every episode, and I'm going with "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey, number one walk-up song of all time. Classic. 
Here we go, Mr. Coming Paul to you. Zeka. Welcome the two to the Two Principles Pod. We're glad you're Giddy here. Giddy up. Don't Stop Believing by Journey. This is a great song. This, this is, I mean, this has got to be like top five this, songs this, all this time. Is, this is the song that every song, time you listen to it, there's a moment. Yeah. So... This song, what, 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 so what inspires you? Hold on for a second. What, keep it going. What, yep. what, what, what makes you go with this song? What, what, what is it? Uh, I think as educators, as leaders, uh, this is what we do every day. Uh, this is what we find uh, as a core central to what you guys are trying to accomplish. Of don't stop believing in yourself and the work and the process and the journey. Um, yeah, just continue to believe in the journey and uh, the good that we're going to do for people each and every day. Boom. Love it. Welcome, Paul. Here we go. Let's introduce some formula. That's Kev. awesome. All right, Paul. We are excited to have Paul Rosecca on the show today. Paul is principal at Rockford Middle School. Um, you will get to know this as, as, you, as you listen to this episode. Paul is a relationship uh, and data-driven leader. Um, it who is, drinks Mountain Dew? Who drinks Mountain Dew before every podcast? <laughs> it's my it's my one Mountain Dew of the year. <laughs> uh, it is always fantastic to learn from other leaders. So we are so excited uh, that you are on the show today. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know things are, you know, getting getting nuts, ramping up for the school mm-hmm. year. So we appreciate you taking time and coming down to the studio and and uh, sitting down with us. It's gonna be gonna be a blast. So thank you. Yeah, you this one this one is actually gonna drop during workshop week. Can you believe that? I love it. <laughs> That's gonna be perfect. So we have the random question of the show. Okay. And today's episode's question. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? That's a tough one. Only because uh on the way here and just reflecting on all the things, I've wondered why is it that I'm craving arugula for the last week? <laughs> so I'm going to say arugula. Uh, love arugula. Uh, super ran- super yeah, random. random bizarre, uh, but yeah. the, I have no idea why my body's craving arugula right now, but I'm going to say arugula. Arugula yeah. for the rest of your life. That's what you're going to eat. I don't know. I, I, I'm a big greens guy. I yeah. uh, love salads, spinach, arugula. Mm. Microgreens, you, anything. Probably, um, so yeah, you'll probably live anything. Longer. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it, uh, taste-wise, just yeah. a big fan of it. So, hmm. Kevin, what about you? What well, would you say? Normally, you know, I'd probably say something like chips and salsa, <laughs> but that's technically two foods. Um, <laughs> well, not if you yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go if, if you know. It's obviously not logical, but because can't probably live just on one single food. But I'm gonna go a little bit of Paul's route. I'm gonna say sprouts. Like sprouts. like uh, um, um, alfalfa sprouts, bean sprouts, not not uh, um, Brussels sprouts, but uh, yeah, some some type of some type of sprout. Lots of nutrition in there, lots of yeah. minerals and vitamins and stuff like that. You know, I, I was gonna say, you know, I don't think we're, if we're gonna be critical of this, I mean, pizza, but pizza is like more than yeah, one. So you, can't can't, say you can't say that. So then yeah. I so then I would say an egg. I'd just say an egg. I'd ha- I'd. I'd eat eggs for the rest of my mm. life, so that's what I would do. So, um, here's what I, here's what I want to share with you, you two here, because I was doing some uh, fun fact research on this question. And so, to our listeners out there, I'm gonna I'm gonna educate you on this. And so, Paul, you're gonna have to tell me too if what you think about this. Do you know that the average person will eat approximately 35 tons of food in their lifetime? Oh <laughs> 
a lot. That's a lot of food. So imagine eating that alfalfa sprouts or what do you say, arugula? I don't and want that much arugula. Eat, unless he's eating sprouts. That's a lot. So imagine all the different flavors and dishes within that, though, if you're, you're thinking about that. And did you know that pizza is one of the most popular foods in the world? It was invented in Naples, Italy, but has become a global sensation loved by people of all ages and backgrounds. Okay. Did you know that? Not surprised. Not surprised either. But how about this? Bananas are the world's most popular fruit. Not only are they delicious, but they can also provide a natural source of energy due to their high potassium content. Hmm. Do you guys like bananas? Yeah. Love them. Not, not crazy, but um, but, they, but they're convenient too. Yeah. I mean, you can throw them in your bag. You don't have to worry right. about washing, you know. Yeah, and I, I put them in my smoothie every morning. Last one here, okay? Because this is one of my favorites, okay? I could eat these all day long, but... Again, I don't because I've, I've worked hard at trying to take weight off my body. But chocolate chip cookies mm. were created by accident. In 1930, Ruth Graves Wakefield was making chocolate cookies but ran out of Baker's chocolate. She used a bar of semi-sweet chocolate instead and realized it didn't melt completely, creating the first ever chocolate chip cookie. Can we just call that the best mistake ever yeah, made? I yeah. think that might be one of the best mistakes ever made. That. So, yeah, fun little fact there about food because, you know, God dang it. We like to Paris eat. loves food. Yep, so does uh, Jost over there. All so, right. hey, let's go. Let's get into some real questions. Yep, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> fun, though. I like it this stuff. Fun. Um, all right, so let's just question number one, Paul. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Ultimately, how did you get into your current position? All right. So in listening to the song, uh, theme song to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I realized that is the exact... <laughs> Are you t- rapping? No, no. Oh. Uh, but you all know it. Uh, he's got his hands up. That is, I think that it is. I'm ready to go. go. Uh, but that is the exact opposite of my childhood. Uh, so grew up on a farm, uh, Cambridge, Minnesota. Just call it what it is. Nah, not West Philadelphia. Uh, but... I can't uh, get it out of my head. No, yeah, I know. That's the point. Um, so uh, three older brothers, uh, we love sports, making up games, having uh, having fun. Um, and my current role as a principal really started when I got pulled out of class. We were in the media center doing something. And as a freshman, um, my principal by the name Dr. Craig Paulson pulled me out. And basically, it was a quick conversation that sounded something like, um, hey, I want to start this intramural program uh, to give kids an uh, opportunity to do activities. Um, uh, it's going to take about four years to develop. Uh, I would like you to help me lead it. And so for four years, I got a chance to uh, walk, you know, side by side with him. Uh, and in that process, of course, just naturally, hey, how did you get into this? And he laid out the path for the principalship. And I have been on that path ever since. And so um, you talk about a guy who's been ahead of his time. We talk about how do we get people into the profession. And I think naturally we go to, hey, let's encourage those kids to do it. Uh, but he went that extra step to say, hey, lead with me. Uh, huh. Come come walk with me. Uh, yeah. And then, by the way, uh, if, you, if you ever go down this route, um, you know, here are some opportunities. Uh, but I got a chance to see from the principalship just uh, how much impact he had on our school community that maybe no one else really got. 
Um, and it was super intriguing to, to be able to see, um, yeah, just all those little things that nobody thinks about that, uh, like you said, are the, the percussion beat of a school. So, uh, that's kind of how, um, got me into the principalship, went to college, um, and obviously went through all my schooling. Um, and then I had, uh, eight years, at teaching math and, uh, let me rephrase seven years teaching math. Uh, and then I went and took a print, uh, assistant principal position, uh, for eight years, four of which was full-time in one building. And then the last four, uh, kind of split between two buildings and then, um, kind of recently, just this last year, made the jump to the principalship at a school. Um, it's a center for environmental studies and, um, definitely in line with some passions and interests and, uh, just fantastic, um, experience so far. Had a great first year, fantastic people, um, and really learning and growing as a leader and new challenges, um, and, uh, stretching some of those skills that, uh, you don't even know you have till you have to mm. put them into use. <laughs> that's awesome. So that, you, that's right. This is, you're, you're going on year two, yeah. right? That's right. That's awesome. That's great. Here's what I love about this podcast. I, I mean, like we said, we know Paul. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that story about you in high school. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's it's a it's a fun one. Um, it the fun part is uh, to see actual change happen. I think at one point we had like 74 percent of our student body uh, when my senior year was involved in their oh murals, uh, which was awesome. Just that's fantastic. so cool. What yeah. a good story. I never heard Very that. Very cool. That's awesome. Great leadership. Hey, uh, what about your just. What's a fun, maybe a fun story, maybe experience when you're thinking of the middle school? You know, you're a middle school principal. Oh, we've only got two hours here, so (laughs) yeah, that could be a whole that could be a whole episode. Um, I I love the random. Um, I'll give you a random. Uh, I had a former student who he was a Hamilton person. Uh, I was a Hamilton guy, and it started with going up to the lunch table. Hey, what's your favorite song? And then it's, hey, I'm going to say a lyric and see if you can continue. Mm. And then it was, it turned into this really interesting way we greeted each other where he would come up to me out of the blue and just hit me with some random lyrics. I usually, usually missed, but uh, it was a unique, fun relationship. And I think it's a great uh, depiction of what middle school is for those who spend it. Every kid has their thing. And it's uh, super awesome to find out what that thing is. And understanding that that thing is not going to last forever. That's a yeah, season yeah. of their life. Uh, but I love uh, getting to know people, where they're at, where their interests are, um, and just connecting with them. That's awesome. That's cool. Hey, we uh, you know we have some big topics that we like to always ask our guests. And one of them is just when you think of your overall health, what does a leader in your health and wellness look like to you? And then maybe how do you create those positive habits? Really good question. Um, I think uh, with this, uh, the I want to start with story because uh, I think it illustrates the question. Um, I once had a boss uh, that was, gosh, it just hard, uh, hard on me and everything I did. Um, if I ever communicated something was, you know, always wishing I would have worded something a different way. Um, it was always wanting to be able to... Um, you know, be hard on and critical of you should have done this or that or this quicker. Um, and that boss was me. Uh, huh. and I, I think when it comes to what does it mean to be a leader, um, uh, historically when your overall health, 
I think the first understanding is uh, realizing that you're in charge. You're the boss. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I say it and I, I framed it in a certain way to get your attention. But uh, the reality is um, we have to be my, mindful, and I love the way that says it, is how do you lead yourself mm-hmm. in that overall wellness? And I think it's uh, if there's two words that kind of summarize my year, it's undeserved grace, and it's uh, really exploring what that means to me personally. It's understanding um, how to give it, uh, mm-hmm. how to that's the easy part, how to receive it uh, from others, and how to receive it from myself. Um, and and then I think it's looking at all the things, mm-hmm. um, building in habits that check yourself, uh, building in habits. Um, w- of knowing when it's going well, uh, what are you doing? You're hydrating, you're sleeping, you're, um, got some physical activity, you're connecting with others, um, living out your purpose, mm-hmm. um, and knowing, okay, what systems are you going to put in place when that doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, to be a leader is really to do the work. Uh, I love this show because of the fact it's filled with people who are just trying to do the dang thing, yeah, as mm-hmm. I call it. Yeah. Uh, and, um, in terms of how do you create positive habits, I, I think um, really understanding uh, seasons. One thing that uh, I've, uh, my wife started growing cut flowers, and I have learned a ton about physical, mental health uh, just from working the farm, doing the thing. Um, and one thing is understanding the season we're in. And we have four seasons, super easy to tell. Mm-hmm. It gets cold, we're looking yeah. at fall and winter. Uh, as a leader, as a person, as your overall health, I think it's so important. Understand the season you're in and what do you got to do in that season to be successful, mm. take care of yourself? Mm. Uh, what do you got to do in that season to make sure that uh, you're setting yourself up for that next season? And then when that season comes around, uh, what are you going to do to make sure you're learning as much and growing and growing as much as you possibly can uh, so that if it a similar challenge comes around, you can face it uh, not only quickly, uh, but without it uh, being degrading to your health. Mm. I love it. That's a that's a great. I love that perspective. Perspective analogy of looking at your overall health. Are you one to um, get up in the morning and get your body moving, mm. or where are you with that? So I've done it all. Uh, I I'm running. I, I like to think when it comes to routines, uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit more of not running a base offense, uh, offense anymore. I think I'm a big sports guy. Yep. And uh, a, long, a lot of years I, as a leader, as a person, uh, I kind of did the same thing every day, rise and grind. Mm-hmm. Uh, either, either go out, um, if I'm training for something, get, go out, get a run in, um, kind of, or honestly get up and go to work and uh, start grinding. Um, I now have learned, uh, hey, much like any offense, let's run plays. Let's run plays based on what I need. And if I need audible uh, and sleep it a little bit later, give myself rest, um, being able to kind of have more predictable, more options based on what my needs, what my family needs, what Mm -hmm. my kids need. Um, That's something that I've grown in. Because in my mind, I, I like routine. I, I do. Uh, but I think of it very much like plays. Uh, yeah. Plays of, you know, I have my routines when I'm dropping off my kid at preschool. I have my, I have my routines when, I, um, uh, when I'm when i staying in or if I'm going for a run or whatever that is. So 
uh, trying to be a little bit more flexible in my thinking and my routines uh, to not only meet my needs, but the, need, the needs of the people around mm-hmm. uh, myself and being gracious when that means that I might be walking in uh, occasionally uh, a little bit later than I want to be if it was just me mm-hmm. in charge. Right. So, But no, know, knowing that that is uh, part of the overall health and wellness of not only me and my family. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You mentioned, uh, since, <laughs> since you mentioned it, I'm just asking, um, are, are you training for anything right now? Uh, I know you're a runner. I am a runner, yeah. and you know a little bit about my running I history. Do. I got uh, a story. Uh, yeah. So currently, I I work work with somebody who consistently runs uh, like three to five miles every day, yeah. every day without fail. Uh, and I looked at her and I said, "I admire you so much as a runner." Um, and I've done some things training wise, mm-hmm. um, and I had to get to a point. Um, I'm not training for anything. And I, I really had to get to a point where embracing the consistent. Yeah. And there's something to be said for that. And um, <laughs> yeah, again, I probably don't get out formally running as much as I can. Uh, but uh, biking, moving mm-hmm. moving the body, uh, going out for runs here and there. But um, really trying to find balance. Um, and uh, my kids are getting a little bit older. So giving them... Um, understanding that my time only goes so far and Mm -hmm. really trying to pour that in. Um, And then, honestly, um, you, but if you say, hey, uh, we're we're doing a long one tomorrow, Mm -hmm. I'm in. Uh, I got to tell a quick story here. It was perfect timing. So this was, oh, man, I don't know what year it was uh, that we did Twin Cities. 18? 18, maybe, yeah. So, So I'm training for... Twin Cities Marathon. So was, so was Paul, but I didn't know Paul was doing it right away. It was it was fairly late that he told me he was doing it, and so we met up and took the train down there together, and so we're hanging out and 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 uh, this 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 kind of speaks to the kind of unassuming nature of of Paul. So we're standing on the start line, we're getting ready to go. Our corral is going, literally like a minute before we go, and he he looks over at me and he goes. Hey, Kevin, you want to know something? Sure. He says, um, I'm running the Mankato Marathon next weekend. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's seven days from now. He goes, yeah, I know. He goes, hey, you want to know something else? I'm like, sure. He goes, I'm running the Bemidji Marathon the weekend after that. I'm like, what? He did three marathons in 14 days. Yeah, so and, just a fun little fact about Paul. So, uh, the, the crazier one uh, was three years after I did a Saturday Sunday. Uh, oh yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. so I did a mar- marathon Saturday, did a marathon Sunday, and um, honestly, a lot of what I've learned in mental physical health is uh, you learn in, in, when you're training for something yeah. like that and uh, get to get, get to experience of that. Uh, I just wanted to share that fun little story. I remember, I remember the ner- the pre-raised nerves. At, like literally, they all came back as you're telling that yeah. story. I'm like, I don't <laughs> want to feel that. I don't want to. That's run a that. great story, though. I love it. All right. So the other uh, another big pillar that that uh, as you know we talk about mental health. Mm-hmm. It's a huge huge component of this show, and and really a lot of what drives uh, our conversations and and our purpose. Um, big topic, super broad, but generally speaking. What does mental health mean mm. to you? Good question. Uh, I'm confident that uh, I'm going to have a different perspective of any uh, guest you'll ever have on this. Okay. Um, so the way I've come to learn about mental health is uh, I think a lot 
a lot different, uh, and it really comes through my hobbies. Uh, I learned a lot from running, um, a ton about, you know, run the mile you're in, um, one step, one mile, one day at a time. Um, some of those mantras that have carried me well. Um, and then uh, honestly, the, the piece though, I want to talk about when it comes to what does it mean to me? Um, okay. I'm just going to lean into the vulnerability. Uh, you may or may not know, uh, my newest hobby is dirt making. As I mentioned, my <laughs> wife grows, uh, cut flowers. Uh, so literally, uh, for I did the, not for, know this for the last, either. so, the, so we brought you in some flowers today. Uh, and I'm proud to say that I made the dirt that, uh, is part of those flowers. So let me explain why this, is, why this has anything to do with mental health. Um, so we, my wife and I kind of uh, took the leap, moved to a, a small acreage, and the previous owners were horse owners. And there was a, it was kind of this piece that you go over a hill, and it was like think of uh, about a, a football field, about half the width of a football field um, of a clearing, and uh, it was you walk across it and you would sink down. Okay, and uh, it was muddy and everything got stuck and ooh, couldn't understand it. Couldn't understand it, and because there was always weeds growing on top, and found out that they had buried manure for mm. for, uh, and we're talking clearly a lot. So wood chips, <laughs> manure for <clears throat> years back there. Okay, um, and we have a nice little weedy patch, right? Um, I'm going somewhere with this. I'll get to mental, <laughs> trust me. Um, so so bear with me. Um, so when we, when I got there and I figured this out, um, I also realized, hey, my wife needs dirt. Uh, she wants to start growing flowers. Um, so that spurred me into how do you, I mean, how do you do this? And what I realized in the process is uh, much like, mental health, we like to sometimes stuff and bury, uh, you know, huh. years worth of, uh, I'm going to call it manure, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> underneath and put a nice little coat of, you know, grass on the top. And I got to a point where, uh, I, I realized that that is going to be part of my property, uh, no matter what. And I had to come to terms, uh, I get to say how. And so pretty soon I, uh, uh, got a skid steer and started pulling that out. And then uh, we started bagging our long clippings and mixing it in. And I learned about how things break down. Uh, and when I, when I think about mental health, uh, we each have our stuff. Uh, one of the most powerful moments of, my, of the podcast, I think, uh, as a listener, is when Jason says, uh, I think you're talking to staff sergeant, and you said, hey, real toughness is shining a light and, mm-hmm. you know, looking around at all the things, uh, trauma, all the things. And that's my dirt. Uh, that's mm-hmm. taking all that stuff out um, and mixing it in with uh, the long clippings and the, the things that w- we think when we think of mental health, we usually associate with the negative, mm-hmm. but it's about turning it through a process mm. and you're growing something beautiful. Mm-hmm. And when my kid begs the yard, he... You ask him what he's doing. He says, I'm making dirt. Why are you making dirt? To grow flowers. Uh, so this idea of a process, uh, uh, kind of a holistic understanding mm-hmm. of, um, you know, really getting to know who you are and being comfortable with it and mm-hmm. listen to your body, listen to your mind. Um, and uh, again, uh, uh, sorry for going on a crazy no, long story, but, but the, the perspective from that and what that has taught me 
in terms of um, kind of leaning into that stuff uh, personally and a personal level. And, and everybody's going through that process mm-hmm. of figuring out uh, their things that they're working on. And because we all face those things, rejection and sadness and shame and you name it. Um, and I think without judgment, uh, you know, being able to deal with that. Yeah. That's that's a great way to look at things. That is. And I think one of the, the, the key components that I'm hearing from you is that it is a process, but it's a process that we we should dig up. We should we should go into that. We should figure out, you know, what's there. And, and that's not a bad thing, because when you can do that, you're going to grow and you're going to maybe it's something you didn't even know. But when you're able to release that, um, get that up. I just think so many good things can happen. I know it's difficult. It's difficult to do that stuff. But at the end of the day, that's when you can truly grow and um, just start moving in a, in a different direction. And that's not going to hold you back anymore. So I love that. It's a great... Well, it takes a, work. It does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, <laughs> pulling out all the manure, <laughs> literally, was difficult. I'm sure that um, took work, right? It took so effort. It, it, it did. Um, and it, it's interesting how when you do something like that, you start noticing, uh, like, on the perimeter of this thing, all the trees are dying. Uh, mm. And guess what? Right now, there's, there's no sopping water uh, because uh, it was a problem. And sometimes we we just look at those things and symptoms uh, of being able to say, oh, trees are dying or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really don't wonder why or we figure out why. Um, and, and again, I think it's um, there's this there's a piece about uh, to the ones we care about. Right. Um, our mental health should show up uh, to the people we love and uh, we're imperfect and we always go through, you know, different seasons and uh, I, I think the the beautiful picture of uh, my wife growing flowers in the same dirt and the same stuff that just needs turned. I think um, I've learned a lot, and I think that connection with your spouse, with the, your family, with your kids, with people you work with, and really know you. Um, yeah, uh, we wanted to not grow, not only grow something beautiful in your own life, but in other people's life, so it can yeah. be a blessing. Oh, that, goes, that goes perfect to the, the, the thing that I always say. So many times we want to look to the external, mm-hmm. right? We go to the external first and look around, and it's like you want that to fix you, but it's, it's, the, it's the inside with yourself and doing that work because when you do that, then you look out and other things are brighter, better, relation, whatever it is. So I love that. It's a great analogy. How about getting a little bit more specific when it comes to your role in education? What are what are some, you know, in your perspective, your experience, what are some trends that you're seeing um, with mental health, whether it be staff, students? What are you seeing? Um, one thing that I think is such a positive is we're really starting to talk about uh, not only mental health, but uh, the wellness in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, love uh, seeing that connection with that tier one, tier two um, SEL components where we're actually teaching kids skills. Um, it's not just talking about them being there on the reactive. We're getting proactive. Yeah. Um, and either with curriculums or directly taught uh, skills that help them manage stress. I think in general, um, I'm seeing leaders really embody 
you know, spoken or unspoken, those five competencies of, you know, self-awareness, self-management, mm-hmm. social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. I, I look at those um, as really embodying that. Embodying that. Um, in terms of trends, I also think we're, we're doing pretty good at uh, understanding the, the gaps, you know, whether it's bringing in co-located or um, being able to meet some of those unique needs. Um, we're, we're feeling pretty comfortable in talking about uh, supporting, you know, kids, uh, staff when they're not okay. Um, the thing that I love about this podcast is uh, um, when I look at trends, when you ask me about trends, yeah. um, you guys talk about it's okay to be okay and it's okay not to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the broader scheme, uh, we're good at talking about both of them. And the thing I love about this this podcast is it talks about the middle. Um, in that moment with real people, we're kind of oscillating between the two and being able to um, really share stories, uh, learn from each other's experiences, uh, because on any given day in any given season, um, we can always uh, learn from each other and we can always uh, kind of learn and grow um, uh, from hearing kind of the middle and how you transition in mm-hmm. and out of seasons. Um, yeah, that that would be uh, that would be one thing. I think the the opportunity the opportunity or the um, the thing that uh, we're starting to get to yeah. is how we be there for each other um, as a school system, as a culture and climate, uh, but then also as a staff. Uh, we know this work is hard, and uh, I'm grateful for the staff that I get to work with um, that are really there for each other on a personal level, um, not only a professional level. Yeah. You mentioned some things that, that are already happening, you know, curriculum and, and you know, just some in general approaches to, to mental health and, and the needs. Is there anything else that you can think of that, that might address some of these needs? Um, really good question. Um, when I look at, uh, what are the, what are the things that cause some of the uncertainty? I think for me personally, well, if we're, we're talking about spinning, uh, it sometimes is a lack of clarity. And, mm-hmm. and I think, we have it, we got to talk, we got to keep in mind that this is a generation that has found a way to communicate uh, in in a platform that started at 140 characters. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, they can make a seven-second uh, yeah. video and tell more than a dissertation. Yeah. And so um, to be able to be clear and concise, uh, I think sometimes we think we're clear, um, and we might not be. Um, and that goes for uh, staff as well as students. Um, and anybody we serve in the organization. So making sure we're clear and checking in and not just assuming we're clear on our communication, yeah. what we're asking, um, because I know personally uh, when we talk about clarity, um, you know, when I look at a doctor, they have a lot of school, right? Uh, when I look at it, uh, staff members, it's insane how much school mm-hmm. that is in a, in a school building, how much formal education has existed in those educators. And I think we can begin to move the needle on being really prescriptive on what do kids need specifically. And let's, uh, much like that doctor takes out and prescribes something based on their mo- their biggest need, I would love to see us uh, seize the opportunity to um, really step into that role of being assertive and saying, uh, whether that's building an, building an intervention mm-hmm. or a skill mm-hmm. or 
uh, check-in, uh, maybe a mentorship. Um, would love to see that continue to address those needs because I think we're always we're always that advocate uh, for that kid. But I think uh, sometimes we start looking around like, who who's going to help us sure. with this? And I think we have to lean on and we have it. Well, uh, we among any team, you have all you need uh, to be able to uh, meet that. Uh, the needs in that kid's life when they're in the building. Yeah. Uh, we don't, we can't control all the things, right? Um, but we can move the needle on um, any kid that we choose to move the needle on. That's good. That's I would, good. you know, when I'm hearing you talk, it it's it goes back to me as you got to do the work, right? You you have to do the work, and sometimes again, we 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 want to, you know, like, oh, what do we, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? You know what? You're going to have to go through the hard times. You have to be resilient. And I think these are the things we need to help kids understand. And this is what's been really kind of coming at me lately is, is we can't. Yes, there's a lot of stuff going on. We need to be there and support them, but also help kids understand you're going to have to go through this tough time. You're going to have to be resilient. You're going to get after the work and you're going to have to do it um, because it's that it goes back to what, what I keeps coming to me too, is that everybody wants that instant fix, instant gratification right now. Nobody wants to wait and have that delayed gratification or all that other stuff. It has to be done now. It's like, and I'm like, you know what? No, you, you, you got to do the work. You got to get tough and you got to go through some of that stuff. And yeah, it's going to hurt. And you might, you might have to bounce back and get up and get a little dirty, but you got to do the work. And that's what's been coming on me lately is, you know, we can talk about all these great things and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, we have to help kids understand it's okay if you screw up, it's okay if you fail, but fight back and be a little bit more resilient and get through it with a little bit of love. Okay. Couldn't agree Done. more. Couldn't Absol- agree more. Absolutely. And again, going back to the the idea of season, uh, it's going to hurt. Uh, yeah. It's like anybody who's starting a new anything uh, mm-hmm. activity. Uh, you might be sore uh, if you're starting to run and you haven't run for a while. Uh, the same idea if you... If you're trying to get through it, um, it, it's important to understand that that's not going to be there forever. Um, But to lean into discomfort is something we all need. And I think as leaders, we need to model it. Yeah, Yeah. and 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 I think the the important piece too, like you said, the failure piece, it's like it's one thing to tell a kid or anybody for that matter, hey, this is going to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to work hard for this, but you're going to get what you want. That's one, one thing, right? But the chances are you're going to work hard. You're going to get go through this, and you're not going to get the result you want. Right. You still have to be okay with that. Yep. That's the hard part. Yep. I mean, it's easy to say, hey, suffer for a week going through this process, and then you're going to get exactly what you want. Okay. That's mentally way easier to do. Mm-hmm. Then you might have to do this for a week, and you're still not going to get what you want. Yep. That's hard. How do you how do you get that to you know to to convey that and um, that's the million dollar question to, yeah to keep yeah. going and keep growing yeah that's a yeah great way because it doesn't feel good no but. no I love it I love these conversations it always spurs on different things but there's a lot of work that we can continue to do keep talking about it keep working at it knowing it's part of who you are and uh, taking care of yourself looking inward hey uh, we're gonna switch up the topics here because. It's one of Kevin's favorite topics is social media. He's a big social media guru guy. No, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) 
You gotta play that laugh track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, play I'm it. just kidding. I'm Can not. You play it. No. Oh, okay. We're good. I, I don't know what button was, it is. Yeah, you would probably cut it out or something <laughs> like that. Um, but social media, Paul. So when you're thinking about all the latest and greatest social media platforms, are you staying up to date with them? And then what platforms are you on? Who do you follow? And then I've got some follow up questions after that. Absolutely. Uh, I am. I have been um, predominantly on Twitter. Uh, however. Uh, kind of recently, kind of going through a step back and reflect, and and part of it is um, I'm a I'm a bit of a scavenger. I like to take from uh, social media, but I, I'm not a giver at this season of my life. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, ooh, I, I I suppose the social media LinkedIn is a great resource yeah. uh, to connect with people. Have connected with people all over, um, and specifically, um, a lot of times. Uh, you know, people who might be interested in uh, connecting with you on random ideas that you never thought uh, possible. However, most of what I do is uh, I disengage on the social media side. And part of that is to protect my own um, mm-hmm. mental mm-hmm. Uh, sure. health and honestly, um, my own time. Uh, yes. It's uh, I need to fight for my time. My time is uh, awful precious. And so um, as it is with all, and I need to be mindful that, uh, I, you can make 30 minutes disappear on a social media platform <laughs> oh, in yeah. no time. Yep. I do it all the time. Cause Kevin wants me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Love uh, it. No, but I would say though, uh, with those social media platforms, you're right. they can, they can take you all over the place, which is going to lead me into the next thing, which is addiction. And we know there's, there's research out there. Uh, that you can see on, on kids and adults and the addiction piece of smartphones and social media and all that stuff. What um, what can we do to help adults and kids with that self-awareness piece and having the breaks from their phone? And then in your opinion, um, how can we help with that? That's a really good question. And I love every way that your guests have answered that. If we don't have an answer for that, but the best answer I have is... Um, to understand what grace looks like in that moment. Um, I, I think, uh, as I would answer it is we got to understand it's addiction and Mm -hmm. there's some very neurological things that are Mm -hmm. happening in that. Um, and, uh, much like uh, we would not go to someone who struggles with alcoholism and rip the bottle out of their hand, we would start with conversations. So I think, um, there's a time and a space where we have to put clear, defined boundaries and hold, uh, in this case, students to those boundaries for their own protection. Uh, but then there's those conversations when it's clear that it's an addiction that we need to be able to, to have those conversations with the student and the parent um, to be able to say, um, you know, life is about getting what you want and need. Mm-hmm. Is this helping you get what you really want and really need? And sometimes it's... Um, uh, I, I think it was Marissa that talked about, you know, when you pick up your phone and start scrolling through, uh, you're, you're probably hiding from something. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, encouraging that, Hey, let's, let's get uncomfortable. Uh, let's get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. right. And there's the self-management piece of, I don't, I want to use my phone, but I don't, I'm not going to do it. Uh, but really what we're talking about, I think is self-awareness of, you know, a lot of times helping people understand, uh, that you have a natural inclination to grab your phone every seven seconds uh, or whatever it is. Um, and so me personally, I have done a lot um, to connect and model um, 
I try not to have notifications. Uh, I shut off my notifications to email this year. Uh, best decision I ever made. Uh, hands down, not even close, uh, because of the fact uh, that phone kept bringing me in. And then once it got, once it pulled me in, it got me. And being able to be real with kids, being able to be real with uh, parents of we understand uh, and meet them where they're at, uh, but don't leave them where they're at and try to continue that growth. Uh, but then be really clear of where our boundaries are and that changes in every school, every system uh, and what happens next. And sometimes we do those things uh, in order to maximize learning and efficiency, but really we're trying to help you be successful because you're going to have a job someday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're, we're trying to build that self-control towards, you know, if your phone goes off in the middle of a meeting, uh, we want you to know that it's not okay to take that. So, You know, I was having a, a great conversation today with Dan Westpital, mm-hmm. who you know very well. Yep. And Dan and I had this conversation about couple books and I forget the gentleman's name that he was referencing and but all these companies and this is not new but all these social media companies their job is to get you to spend more time on it that's how they're making money and it was really interesting um the uh I don't even know how but you know the scrolling on it well you could actually you know these 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 platforms could set it up to where you could only scroll for like 10 and that, you know, but their goal was to get it. So it continuously, it's the continuous scroll. So you can keep scrolling and scrolling. And, and But again, the, you got to understand that's what these companies are trying to do. They're trying to keep you on it and keep you so you're there. So having, first of all, I, I think you said it, but the, the awareness of it, the self-awareness of, where am I? What am I doing with this? And how can I use it? So absolutely. I think that's a key piece. So yeah. Um, I want to just before we go on to the next topic here that Kevin's going to talk about, where are you with AI and where do you see the impact in education? Because I love this topic. Um, I love having conversations with other educators, other principals, just people in general about it. But where, where do you see this uh, going and, and how involved are you with it? Really good question. So I've listened to a lot of stuff, read a lot of stuff on AI. Uh, I'm pretty fascinated with all the different things out there. Um, and I really am at a point where this is time to listen um, because the time to act is going to be very, very soon. Uh, we're already at the time where we ought to act. Uh, but I, I think um, said differently when I my first in-service, my first 10 minutes as a teacher, I heard a guy by the name of Steve Baroni talk about mm-hmm. position uh, and concerns and how uh, if people start talking about positions, you'll never hear the concerns behind their positions. And I've heard a lot of positions on AI. And I think as a leader and leaders at this point, we need to surface as many concerns behind people's positions because we're gonna need to, we're going to need to know what those are um, because there are things, uh, as we fast forward three, five, seven, fifty years down the road, um, we really need to be considerate of all those concerns, uh, and then, uh, honestly start those conversations with educators, with people. Um, I think there's pros and cons to anything, um, but nothing replaces the human mind. It's a mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, 
And we need to value that. We need to honor that. And then, uh, honestly, we need to change. Use this as an opportunity to redefine what learning is. If, if it's yeah. ro- if it's rote, that's not learning. <laughs> the, if Google, if you can Google it, uh, how beneficial is that to them? And so I think it's how do we push critical thinking? Um, and I think the the opportunity there is uh, you have to have a base knowledge in order to be a critical thinker. And we'll, um, so how do we make sure we are giving those kids um, kind of that foundational level knowledge so that they can draft, at a minimum, draft those, um, you know, here are my outline into uh, some AI function and that turns into it. As leaders, I think there's an efficiency piece to this in terms of um, how, how can I put the best possible product out, going back to what I said about clarity. Um, and I, I think uh, the opportunity is to keep talking about it. And mm-hmm. that's why every guest you talk about, uh, you ask that question. And the conversation's going to change by the time you hit your 100th For sure. episode. Yeah. And it, it's going to change in 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Love it. Um, I just I just got to point something out. You know, at the beginning, Paul, you mentioned that you were the number one fan. Yeah, he, he is. He's on point. He's he's quoting past guests. He's Fantastic. yeah. I love it. He's just proving it. So Boom. it's good. All right, another big component: work life balance. Um, it's 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 a you know we believe it's it's one of the you know one of the most important pieces to being a leader. Um, is is how do you, how do you how do you coordinate between your personal life and your professional life and um, you know. How, how do you, we'll start just very simply. How do you do it? What's your approach? What's your take? What's your philosophy? Um, has it changed over the years? Um, how's it working for you? Uh, just being vulnerable, because uh, I think as leaders, we need to do that more often. Uh, when you guys asked me to come on the show, this question is the very thing of like, <laughs> n- <laughs> no, no, I, come on, there's got to be somebody better. So, so, and that's just me being vulnerable. Um, this is something I can honestly say uh, of all my time in education, the best year I've had in work-life balance is this year. And uh, when I'm done and retire from education, uh, I want to be able to say that. Uh, yeah. of the best year I've had in work-life balance is this year. Um, so I've learned some things. And I've learned it the hard way. Um, and I think... Um, the, the biggest thing that uh, I'm most proud of is knowing um, when are those times you need to be there for the people that you care about most. Uh, it sounds silly, but if I have a board meeting, uh, I'm going in late and I'm going to I'm going to at least give my kids a hug in the morning. I'm going to say, hey, I hope you have a good day. Um, those little things of knowing when to run what play. Uh, and I, I think uh, that took me a while. Uh, and it took me a while because I, I was so concerned what other people are, were thinking of me when yeah. I sh- when I rolled in that one time uh, that was still 20 minutes before anyone really would expect me there. Uh, but I part of it is understanding my own expectations of myself mm-hmm. uh, as a dad, as a husband, and uh, as an educator. And then the other piece of the puzzle that I had to come to is uh, I went through a period of time where I, I had to def- redefine myself as person in terms of, uh, I'm not just this title, um, but I'm a grower by nature. I want to grow the people mm-hmm. around me. I want to grow personally. Um, I want to grow in what I learn and understand. Um, and that needs to manifest itself in everything. But, um, to answer the question, 
Um, I think it's just, uh, how do I manage that is building in habits to check in on myself. Um, uh, I had a great fall, great winter, spring. Uh, I, I got in a, those old habits die hard piece and it's busy. (laughs) And sometimes you're in a season and sometimes you need to run fast. Um, and I think being able to reflect on that and pause and say, one thing I'm really proud of, um, since I kind of paused and stopped, um, it's being able to uh, put in some habits that are uh, almost ritualistic. For me, it's I check in on 10 things once a day, and I do it in the mid- middle of the day, things like water. Oh, am I a water? Am I praying? Am I uh, reading something or learning? Am I connecting with somebody? Um, am I doing some version of strength, uh, you know, building strength in my life? Um and so I check in on these 10 items and um, I simply just cross them off. If I've done them in the last 24 hours, no judgment for anything. And I circle one that I'm going to pick up from uh, the midday check-in till the time I put my head on the pillow. And I can't check boxes because uh, this <laughs> stuff is not about checking boxes, but I can pick up one more. So if I've been low on water, I'm going to circle water. Um, and it sounds so basic, but um, you do this... And then I look back every week and I'm like, what am I not hidden? And, and let's prioritize making sure that I'm, I'm hidden one of those things. And it's amazing what you can pick up on a commute. Uh, you know, even those little things. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, that in terms of work-life balance, uh, what I'm trying to get at is it's building in those habits and routines that keep you honest to what you want to be. I got a follow up. Like that's you, intentional. That yeah. Is, that, that's so I want to ask about this now. The, the, this this list of ten. Yeah. I mean, are you talking? You literally have like a like piece of paper. So I. <laughs> so you you're color coded. Look at that. He's got a copy of it right there. So so uh, essentially, um, we talk about habits, routine. Yeah. Right. Um, so one thing I, I I realized the digital list did not serve me well uh, at all. So I. I made all my to-do list in big rocks, gravel, and sand, yeah. and um, intentionally put some time and routines to help with that. But uh, it's simple. It's a simple box. It's all it is. Um, it has water, prayer, um, strength, uh, connect, connecting with others, uh, acknowledging somebody's success, uh, making a phone call. Uh, that's that's huge in my world, uh, especially on the commute. Try to call somebody out of the blue. Um, learning something. Um, just embodying love, managing time, and then monitoring my body's signs. Mm-hmm. So you have a piece of paper, literally a physical piece of paper that you can look back on for the previous for, week. I mean, you, yep. you, you, and and you can go, "How am I doing?" Yep. Just a real quick, Simple. objective. Uh, I am. I am not hitting these boxes on a consistent basis. Try I to. have to do better. Yeah, and this wow. is this. Is, well, this is born. This is born. This is born. Uh, I, I had a spring uh, where, again, old habits, and I appreciate the office staff I had. Uh, they put in, I give my secretaries full power to manage my calendar. If somebody comes up, whatever, they said an hour, and and uh, I thought we were going to have an office meeting. Yeah. They said go. And uh, it was hard to listen to them. It really was. Uh, and in that time, I, I could get back and, okay, where am I? Uh, that mindfulness piece of, mm-hmm. uh, and realizing, oh, wow, I'm out of balance. And then um, out of that, it's reconstructing, 
okay, what are my habits? Oh, well, when things go well, what am I doing? I'm hydrated. I'm doing these 10. Yeah. Uh, and um, it doesn't matter how many you have and it doesn't matter how you check in and you don't need to circle something on some some piece of paper to do it. Yeah. But what are your routines to make sure you don't go off the rails? Uh, what, are you, what are those things that are going to try to catch you? Um, and that, uh, again, that's just me, but, uh, and again, I'm trying it for this season Yeah. and, um, again, trying to be mindful of, uh, that and just the act of reflecting. I don't often have the things that I have to go and redo. Um, I, I, I that's would, great. I do. And I, I love the piece that you talked about being mindful and mindfulness and getting in tune with yourself and giving you that place to get back into your body, mind, and spirit. Because as a leader, uh, as a parent, as whatever, we can go so hard. And when we're going so hard, that's when we get away from ourselves. And so how can we meet ourselves back and have that time to be present, to sit with ourselves, to reflect, you know, to take care of what it is that we need? Because when we're doing that, we are going to be better for those around us, but that's that's the piece that takes practice, and you are very intentional with that, and I love that. I, it just it's really cool. I mean, that's it is. I, I got a little follow up. So you know, you've probably heard us on, on the show before say talk about the word balance. Like like maybe mm-hmm. it's not the best word because it creates this illusion that you know everything is in perfect balance all the time. I know that's not the case. You know that's not the case. How do you approach situations? You, you talked about seasons. You know, yep. you, you're referring to that, and and you know, we mentioned spring, for example. Spring, springtime in schools, it's busy. It is. It's busy. It's a, it's a different it's a different gear than the than the other times of the year, and they all have their own unique challenges and whatnot. But how do you personally deal with? We'll call it a season or a length of time where things might be a little bit out of kilter, and you know things are going to be harder to maintain routines or your you know your time is going to be limited with loved ones i mean what what is your are you in, as intentional about that or do you what's your experience with that really good question and i think that's the heart of why you're doing the show yeah. uh in a, in a in a nutshell that question is the heart of it um is uh because part of that balance and that work life balance is we as leaders as people we want to find limit and sometimes life finds the limit for us, uh, or we try to push so hard to find that limit. Um, so intentional or unintentional, I think, um, for me is if I'm not listening to myself, uh, I best be listening to the people who (laughs) care about me. Um, and if I'm not willing to listen to them, uh, then I'm going to come off the rails. And so I've learned how to listen and I've learned how to hear my body when my loved ones are calling me out, you know, of like, Hey, did you eat today? Uh, or you know, what's going on? Uh, and I think those um, in those seasons is being able to. Um, at first, I, I, if you would have asked me two, three years ago, I would say, go take self care, go do this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm at a point where uh, I'm gonna lean into it. Uh, all right, <laughs> give me, give me on a chair and let me just sit there and think or go, I'm going to go do some physical activity, chop down a tree, do something manual labor. And I'm going to think about it. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to dig up the dirt. Uh, I'm going to figure out because there's something there. Uh, it's much like runners. Uh, if they get a, 
they get a little uh, ache in their knee or hurt in the knee, a lot of times you try to subside it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and if you try to subside it, every runner knows it's going to catch up to mm-hmm. you and you're going to be walking. And mm-hmm. I think um, acknowledge it and say, hey, I'm feeling this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back in a mile and I'm going to reevaluate the situation. And a lot of times the situation is different in a mile, but just um, for me in those moments, validating what I'm feeling without being a victim, uh, validating what I'm feeling without uh, being a victim of the season or the circumstance and just being able to say, uh, yeah, I wish I could I could see more my kids more this week, but I have this weekend. How awesome is it that I have this weekend to be able to connect with them? Kind of the frame reframe. Uh, Dr. Uh, what is it? Edith Ega uh, Evers. Uh, hmm. uh, so she, fascinating story. Um, essentially, she was a victim of the Holocaust and she ended up becoming a psychologist. Fascinating stuff. And she talks a lot about um, how to not be the victim yeah. in, in your circumstance and um, kind of working, helping people work through the that, that um, train of thinking. So, which doesn't lead to uh, much good. Yeah. So to answer your question, I think um, handling yourself with grace, compassion, um, and being able, for me personally, um, is leaning into the spiritual um, and knowing that that's going to be the thing that grounds me. Yeah, good. Good. Great stuff. We're going to go on to question 199. <laughs> Does 199 <laughs> ring a bell? It does. All right, because when I was thinking of this question with you, Paul, yeah. I was thinking about the conversation you had, you and I had about pick number one ninety nine. Tom Brady. Tom still, Brady. I still have bra- bracelet. There's probably three, four months uh, a year I wear a one ninety nine bracelet. Yeah, so. but I remember giving you some kind of, you know, you talk about it, but then I, I brought it back to you at one point and I said, hey, listen. It might not be the first round. It might not be the second round. But you, you get picked, and it, it might be 199, but you're going to go, and you're going to go do amazing things. And I'm looking at you, and I'm like, there you go, buddy. It's coming right back at you. So what does leadership mean to Paul or Zeka? Um, so story of the 199 uh, and looking for the uh, opportunities. Jason just believed in me and, and said, you know, uh, Tom Brady. Uh, and I think... Um, the, the story why I still wear the 199, uh, you remember when the Patriots, uh, beat the Seahawks, Malcolm Butler picked yep, it off. Yep. There's a story I read online, uh, that Tom Brady met Malcolm Butler's, uh, grandmother, uh, at that point in, uh, like the pre-Super Bowl or mother. And, uh, the story I, uh, read was essentially, he said, uh, your son's going to have a huge game. And I look at that situation um, it's about believing in not only the uh, the person in front of you, but believe in what they can be. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's a little bit of what leadership is, uh, but not only that, coaching them to be that person. Uh, that is really the heart of it. Um, and, and so that's a, a lesson near and dear to my heart because obviously Malcolm Butler gets the interception with the Super Bowl for Tom Brady and he has one more ring on his finger. Um, and so I think being able to speak... Uh, some truth and encouragement into people's lives. Um, the greatest analogy of what leadership means to me is somebody told me the etymology of leadership is uh, lighters, uh, L-E-I-T-E-R, or flag bearers. Um, and I think that's just a beautiful picture of mm. like, 
you know, you're, you're carrying the flag and it sounds nice and heroic, but I think the challenge of leadership is you got to figure out what's on the flag. Uh, <laughs> and what, what, are, what are people going to follow? Uh, and what do, what represents all of us? Right. right. I, I think that's great. And the, the story about 199 to Paul, when I think of the conversations I've had with you back in the day, uh, is that, and this goes just for life. Sometimes you, you know, people might not, people might look at you and say, uh, this person might not be good enough or this person doesn't have this or, you know, looking at the, the looking at the outside rather than looking at the inside. And when you can really, as a, as a leader, when you can really see inside somebody and see where they're going to go or where you believe they can go, that's what it's about. It's, it's, it's really easy to look at the external and say, well, yeah, you know what, they're, they're probably not going to, you know, make it. But if you can get inside and really see that, that to me is amazing. And I, that I, I brought it actually up to Kevin today. We were walking, we were walking mm-hmm. back from a meeting. I said, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Paul about 199 because that means a lot to me still, it, too. It still means a lot to me uh, to the point where, uh, I, I, like I said, I wear a, bra- uh, mm-hmm. wear a bracelet that has it on it. Um, I have it in my office hanging. Um, not only that, I, I think the other piece of the puzzle is uh, we're all 199s, mm-hmm. right? We all are a product of somebody who tapped us on a media center someday and said, <laughs> hey, come lead with me, right? Uh, and I'm, I'm grateful. I've had a lot of those people in my life, and I know you guys have too. Um, and I think, you know, every day for any unexpected stuff, any negative coming our way, every day is an opportunity to be that or give a little something of that. Maybe it's not all of it, mm-hmm. um, but we can be that to a whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. I love it. Hey, um, a couple things that, that um, you know, amidst all the things that are happening in the education, fe- you know, world, field, there's a lot of challenges, right? And so what are the challenges that you see uh, that are facing leaders? And then let's talk about the burnout piece, the, the piece that, you know, there's a lot of people in education or just in general, they're tired, they're burnt, they're fried. They're like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And I've heard that a lot. I mean, I've heard that. I mean, we get a chance to talk to principals all over uh, the country. Uh, we are, you know, in our field, we, we hear it a lot. So what are some things um, or what are the challenges you see facing leaders? And then what do you what do you say to that burnout piece? Good question. Uh, I think the challenge is, uh, you already alluded to it, right? Uh, it's the outcome or the product without the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's also an unexpected uh, or maybe unfair thing of uh, make everything work, right? Let's make everything work. Let's make let's unite people. Um, and the reality is uh, we need to be able to um, kind of meet that burnout with honesty. Uh, for me personally, uh, when somebody confides that to them, it's saying, hey, this is a safe space, right? Safe, safe space. Uh, and then to be able to look them in the eye but stare in their soul and say, I will support you. Uh, please know, or how do I phrase it? I, I've changed it to, I, I hope you know uh, that I'm going to support you uh, as a empl- uh, person first before an employee, as a human piece. And then honestly, um, if appropriate, I tell my story. I was knocking on the door uh, of, you know, it's hard. It's, and I think uh, we have to be able to acknowledge where people are at and we have to, peop- we have to uh, 
uh, encourage uh, people to kind of dig in and figure out where they're at without judgment. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And if their best fit uh, is to be able to move on to something else, let's support them in doing that. And and, and then the thing that um, I, I want to be able to say is, in that process, if you can elevate your purpose to get the thing on higher ground, um, there's something to that. Uh, mm-hmm. If you can, if you can take that story and say, "Hey, I want to write, I want to write a different story here," uh, and I'm going to help a whole lot of people write a whole lot of different story. There's something there, and I think um, people who have gone to that, uh, you know, support them in the best you can. I think the the ones that. Uh, the one specifically, I'm just going to be real, that hurt the most is uh, somebody made that decision and didn't really c- confide in uh, folks on that. And I, I, that hurts only because that's a heavy weight to carry alone. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think, uh, how do we help people carry that weight? And how, how do we normalize that of let's talk, let's chat, let's, and know that I'm not going to sell you on anything Um but let's lean in and look at uh, that overall wellness health. Um, and sometimes if, if they're going uh, elsewhere um, or in that burnout phase, uh, to acknowledge it and just uh, be. Uh, sometimes I recognize this. I try to solve it, right? We all try to solve <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you just got to listen and, and just be uh, or be silent and just uh, kind of be in a space with them. And there's some power there. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's movement that can happen there. I think that's a great piece of advice there. Kevin, when we're talking the two principles and we talk about living and leading with purpose, mm-hmm. this he's guy's doing poster it. Child. He's a poster child. He's doing it. I mean, he's yeah. living and leading with purpose Absolutely. every day. I, I love that. And I know listeners, I, I know, I hope you're enjoying this uh, episode as well. We've got two questions, okay? We've got two questions left for you. We're going to Kevin's going to wrap up here at the end, but the the question before that, what are some of your favorite leadership and or health resources? Could be books, podcasts, people, apps, et cetera. And then maybe uh, to go along with that, who are some role models uh, and mentors that have impacted you? So it's a two-part question. Yeah. Uh, Got to go with my parents first and foremost. Uh, some of the hardest working people that sacrifice so much just to be able to give me some things, um, but teaching me things uh, along the way and giving me opportunities uh, to uh, have some life experiences uh, that were a little different than uh, and a little bit more trusting at younger age. That's what happens when you're on a farm. Yeah. Um, so I think their, their example is fantastic. Um, in terms of role models, um, I, I recently just got with my college friends. Uh, we got together for the first time in a long time. And uh, I would honestly say my college friends, a uh, group, of, group of guys uh, that I step in and I say, uh, every time I hang out with them, I'm like, I have no idea what I did in life to deserve to be friends with these human beings. Just fantastic human beings um, have helped me grow in the mental, physical, spiritual uh, journey and have, they're the type of people that you can call them up and they'll stop what they're doing uh, and they'll uh, engage with you. And I think uh, in that they model a lot and I look up to each of them in, in unique ways. Um, so those are probably that. And then a string of colleagues, uh, both of you being one of them. I, I admire both of you. And the part uh, for the listeners who don't really know uh, uh, these two amazing hosts, 
uh, they are the same guys in the parking lot that they are in the <laughs> studio. Uh, and that's uh, probably why I like to listen to them so much. Uh, so that's the role model piece. Um, in terms of resources, uh, I w- some, some things uh, uh, that I would encourage people, uh, there's so much in there from... Um, restorative. One one book uh, I read is Power of Now. That really mm. taught me how to be in the moment. And mm. a lot of that anxiety or fear or whatever you want to call it is oftentimes in experiences that are not in the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's usually a lot of those big emotions that come when your mind is somewhere different than your body is. Um, and so... Uh, I talked about uh, Dr. Edith Ega. Uh, I love Clay Cook. Love, mm-hmm. love, love Clay, Clay Cook. I'm gonna actually put a message in the digital bottle because if you're if there's any listeners actually with us still at this podcast, <laughs> I I'm gonna throw it out into the universe that I would love to see Clay Cook on Two Principles podcast. Oh my gosh, that would uh, be so, awesome. So let's just experiment wise. Let's, right. let's see if the listeners can make this happen for you. Okay. Uh, so we're not put out your feelers, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then Brene Brown, she's she's solid. Oh, yeah. uh, and uh, there's so many. Love but that, that's are, a quick the, answer. No, those that's are good. good. And, and those are, and what I love about what you're talking about, these are these are these are people or books or, or things that you continually grow and learn and try to get better. That's helped you continue to live and lead uh, with purpose. So uh, that's great. Okay, we're wrapping it up with one final question here, Paul. And spe- speaking of living and uh, leading with purpose, it's it's related to this. So, what is one single piece of advice? that you would give listeners if they're looking to try and live and lead with more purpose? Could be super simple, like a list of 10 things a day, or it could be super complicated. It's up to you. But just one single piece of advice for somebody who's looking to live and lead with more purpose. Ooh, that's a good question. Turn the key. Uh, start the process, begin, just begin. Uh, I think uh, we we look for three-point plans, five-point plans, seven-point. Yeah. <laughs> we look for buzzwords. We're drawn to them. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, the dirt doesn't turn unless the bobcat starts. It's, 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 it. it's, I feel like that should be a T-shirt. Uh, uh, speaking of, we should have raised free, raise the frequency T-shirts. I'm just saying. I want the first one. Uh, but but I, I think uh, this process, we spend a lot of time running from some of this stuff, yeah. uh, whether it's our physical health. I'll give you a great example. Um, I, I had a physical recently. That doesn't sound like a lot, right? <laughs> uh, that's the first time in 10 years that I uh, th- think I've been to the oh uh, my doctor uh, or to the uh, in a physical. Yeah. The point is I'm running from something that I don't need to be running from, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. My point is start the process. Ask yourself, why am I avoiding this? Uh, this is preventative. This is helpful. This is helps me learn and grow. Um, my point is no matter what you're talking, physical, mental, emotional health, uh, start that process. And um, uh, again, sometimes it's putting down a distraction or something that's calling your attention away and just being in your own skin. I love the mindfulness piece uh, uh, with that. But yeah. yeah, just start. That's good. Put on your shoes and get outside. Start yep. running, right? Yep. That's good. Hey, Paul, again, listen, sincerely, I cannot thank you enough for, for checking in with us and sitting down. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you into the category of 
an exceptional human. <laughs> okay, that's when I think of Paul Rezeka, that that's what I think of. You're an exceptional human. Thank you. The words I think of, you're humble, you're sincere, you're authentic, you're thoughtful, uh, you're insightful. Um, you, you are everything that a leader should be. Um, I'm better for knowing you. I'm a better human being for knowing you. And and, and, and most importantly, I, 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 it's an honor to call you a friend. And it's just been a joy to sit down. I know listeners are going to love this episode. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Really. Paul, where, if, if listeners out there want to get a hold of Paul Rezeka, ask you a question, where can they find you? Either on social, email, or uh, we'll put it in the show notes as well, too. Um, Mr. Underscore Rezeka at Twitter. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, don't have that handy, but you search my last name. Yeah. Uh, you can always shoot me an email, uh, and uh, we can put that in the show notes. Uh, but again... Uh, I have a half an hour every day of commute. It's my favorite time. And as you learned here, uh, I call random people. So, uh, <laughs> no, I, I would love to be able to uh, help in any way I can. And I appreciate having guests. You continue to have guests uh, that even provide even one ounce of uh, encouragement to one person. Man, this is worth it. Yeah, cool. and, and and like Kevin said, Paul, it's, it's been so fun to watch you grow as a person, as a leader, and just even from uh, your kids, watching you uh, grow as a dad and uh, grow through go through all the things that you've gone through and where you are now. I'm just I'm so um, proud of you. Um, it's been fun to watch you from our time back at the the old Rogers Middle the old School. Middle school. Yep, and, and, and to where you are now. I'm very proud of you and grateful for you your friendship and all those little nuggets you are living and leading with purpose so thank you thank you thank you uh wishing you well on your journey and we'll stay in contact and uh he might be he might be another guest we got to bring back he might be number 100 (laughs) oh come on now come on now keep raising the frequency boys all right right, that's a wrap take care everybody We appreciate you hanging out with the two principals today as we continue on this journey towards a healthier and happier you, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate, review our podcast wherever you listen. And we are so grateful for your support. As always, please follow us on all of our social media accounts at Two Principals. You can find us on the web at twoprinciples.com. Questions for Kevin or myself, email us at twoprinciplespodcast at gmail.com. As always, thanks for raising your frequency today and looking inward, wishing you peace and happiness on your journey. Remember, a better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. Until next time, get out of your head and into your heart.